Last week Sunday, I preached about faith. Before faith works, action is required, and the action is reaching forth. Now, when you talk about reaching forth, we can go to the book of Philippians, chapter 1 to verse 16. What does it mean to reach forth? To reach forth means to chase your goals without distractions, to be forward minded, not counting the obstacles and impossibilities, to press on, to push on, and not to lean or, or, or relax on. So say if you are believing God for something, you move towards it. You think towards it. One of the greatest enemy we always have is responding to what people say or think. On your way to the top, you will meet these three types of people. Number one, those that have tried to do what you are doing and they failed. These people will tell you what you are planning to achieve is impossible based on their experiences. You then become a failure if you believe them without trying. The favor of God that is with you wasn't with them. You have a unique destiny. Their thinking pattern is different from yours. Your star is different from theirs. The fact that they fail does not mean you will fail in life also. The number two people, those that were afraid of trying, they believe great things are difficult to achieve. When they see you trying to achieve, they become afraid you might be able to do what they couldn't do. They will come to discourage you. They will come to tell you different kind of things. They will come to make you feel that you cannot reach your goal. Number three, those who see the potential for success in you, they will come to encourage you. And then number four are the praise givers. The key to greater success in life, in every area of your life, which includes your spiritual growth, is not paying attention to what people say or do about your plans. We often frown at critics because we perceive they don't like us. But today I want to boldly tell you to beware of praise givers because they are the most dangerous. Why? They make you overtrust yourself so you stop pushing. They make you feel you are too much so you stop praying. They tell you you are the best at what you do so that you, don't, you stop improving yourself. They tell you you are the best preacher so you become complacent and stop reading your Bible and praying. They tell you, wow, you have the best voice in the world so you can stop improving your skills, stop improving yourself. The praise giver are the worst because they make you complacent. They make you settle down at average when you could reach forth to greater heights. Paul said he doesn't allow anything to stop him from pressing forward. These are the things that stops us from reaching forward. We are afraid of failure because of our past failures. We, we, we are complacent because of our, of our present achievement. You think you have made it because you are the only one succeeding in your family. 
Many of us live on, on past glories. We cannot talk a minute without talking about all the great things we've done in the past, big places we've been. The truth is that what you are doing now and where you are going is the most important, not what you've achieved in the past. So you got to reach forth. As a student, the fact that you, you, you have success in the last semester cannot guarantee that you will have success in this new semester. You might fight hard to achieve success day in, day out, but it, it requires more strength, more, 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 more effort, more prayers. As a Christian, we're supposed to renew ourselves every day. Your spiritual victory of yesterday is not enough for today because the devil upgrades every second. God bless you all. Amen. Our God is good. Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. We are going to be looking at the price of greatness. Amen. The price of greatness. Everything good in life has a price. Luke chapter 8. Every good thing in life has a price. If you want to be a great servant of God, you have price you have to pay. If you want to be a great child of God, you have price you have to pay. The greatness is not a gift. <laughs> oh, Father, make me great. Father, make me great. Father, God will not make you. In fact, God has the power to make you great. But He will not do it freely for you. You have to pay the price before the greatness will come. God has the power to just turn your life around in one day, but He will not do it. He has the power to make money appear in your room, but he will not do it. Hallelujah. Because you have to pay the price. Every good thing has a price. You go born again, you want to speak in tongues, you have to pay the price. And the price is dedication to God. Oh, you want to, uh, you are a pastor and you want to heal people. You have to be ready to pay the price. One of the prizes is fasting and prayer. If you are the type who like food, forget, power cannot stay in you. Amen. If you are the type who like sleep, you sleep 10 hours a day. Power cannot rest on you. It requires dedication. So in every level that we find ourselves, whatever we desire, whatever greatness we desire, there is an amount of price that we have to be ready to pay. Before every greatness, there is always a challenge. There is always a confrontation. Let me use the word confrontation. There is always a confrontation. 
you will be required to pass that confrontation without failing God before greatness will come. But you know, the devil has caught many people at their time of confrontations, at the time where they are supposed to be faithful to God, they became unfaithful to God and they missed their blessing. Now let's go to verse 22, Luke chapter 8, from verse 22. He said, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into the ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. Amen. Now, when we go ahead and we look at what happens at the other side of the lake, this was the last crossing that Jesus did that made him encounter the madman of the gatherer, that made him to heal the man that was living in the burial ground. And from that place, straight forward to Jerusalem, where he was crucified. Crucifixion is Jesus' greatness. Without crucifixion, Jesus wouldn't have become a great person. Hallelujah. Are you getting me? You see, all those miracles, all those dead people that he raised, there were magicians in his days that were doing the same thing. Hallelujah. When Moses went to uh, Pharaoh and he dropped his staff and the staff became a snake, they told him, hey, oh, forget it, we can do better. Hallelujah. If you say you are, you, you are a great prophet, there are sorcerers who can see deeper into the realms of the spirit more than you. So gift is not a sign of greatness. Performing miracle is not a sign of greatness. Having the best voice in the whole world is not a sign of greatness. The sign of greatness is you finishing what God has, the race that God has set before you. You finishing it the way God wants you to finish it. That's my interpretation of greatness. Hallelujah. Let's say God has designed your destiny to be the one that will take your family out of poverty. Your greatness begins when you begin to remove your family out of poverty. That is God's program for you. When you begin to fulfill God's program for your life, that is greatness. Somebody may have all the gifts, all the connections in the whole world, but he will not fulfill God's plan for his life. So greatness begins when you begin to walk in the footprint that God has programmed for your life. Hallelujah. Now Jesus instructed his disciples, let us go to the other side of the lake. The disciples did not know what is beyond the lake. They are not aware. They are just following their master. Say, oh God said, make we go. So make we go. Hallelujah. And now, the Bible says, and they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. Because he's a man too. He has the right to rest. Hallelujah. 
You know, some people think that oh, being a pastor gives you some kind of immunity against hunger. Hallelujah. Being a pastor gives you some immunity against certain life problems. We are not John the Baptist here. John the Baptist eats honey. We cannot eat honey. We eat banku. Hallelujah. So, sometimes the devil will come at the time when you are having rest. After you are exhausted, after you have, you have labored, and you just say, okay, let me rest a bit. Let me sit down small and see and appreciate what God has done in my life. The devil will come. So let's continue. And as he fell asleep, the Bible says, there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with waters and were in jeopardy. Now, what was the devil trying to do? The devil was trying to say, listen, that other side you are going, you cannot go there. I will not allow you. You cannot go. Because the devil is aware that when Jesus crosses to the other side, he will fulfill God's program for his life. And God's program for his life is the cross. <clears throat> Amen. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the waters and deceased, and there was come. Now, inside each of us <clears throat> are seeds, are grace, are opportunities, are powers that we need to usher ourselves into God's blessing for our life. Inside us, God has planted wisdom. He has planted abilities. He has planted grace. He has planted authorities. He has planted powers that will make us to be able to confront the storms that rises against us. On your way to greatness, many things will rise against you. I don't, you, don't think that, okay, God has called you to ministry and you just come and all the witches in the area will just agree with you. <laughs> Is that so? Oh, God has called you to be a great businessman. And you will just start your business and your competitors will allow you to, 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 to prosper. Don't ever think that, oh, everything in life will be easy. Even the most difficult living in life can be found in Christianity. I preached on Sunday here that first of all, we are the enemy of Satan. That is why he's after us. Because the enemy of my enemy is, uh, the friends of my enemy is my enemy. You are a child of God. The devil is the enemy of God. So you are an enemy of the devil. So the devil will not just sit down there and watch you fulfill God's plans for your life. God's plan for your life is greatness. So that is why sometimes people can pray and their prayers will not be answered. Sometimes people can pray for healing and healing will not come. Sometimes people can pray for breakthrough and the breakthrough will not come. It's not as if God is deaf and God does not answer prayers, but that, those are the price. Amen. Every greatness has a price. Those are the price you are supposed to pay. Sometimes when, there was a time ago I was praying and God told me that I should understand the mystery of silence. That sometimes in silence is the answer that we need to our prayers. Amen. You are praying, Father, give me a car. Give me a car. Give me a car. And God is silent. 
Not knowing that the devil has planned to kill you when you have a car. So God will be silent. He will not give you the car. Father, give me a wife. Give me a wife. Give me a wife. Give me a wife. God knows that you are not ready. The wife will not come. But you will force yourself. Oh, I must get a wife. Oh, I'm not growing any younger. This wife thing I must get. You go and grab some lady around. That one will turn a witch upon your head. Hallelujah. <laughs> you now be blaming yourself. God, forgive me. I, I want to come out. God will tell you, you come out. You come out. You are not going anywhere. Stay there. Live with your witch. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, you don't marry a witch. If you marry a troublesome woman, it's better than for you to marry a witch. Because the witch will not let you live. It will eat all your intestine finish. <laughs> Hallelujah. So greatness have a price. As God's children, as God's servants, we can never underestimate the power of sacrifice. God expects us to live a life of sacrifice. God expects us to live a life of confrontation. You have to stand up against your storm. You have to stand up against the arrow of the enemy. In this my life, I've received many arrows. I've received many arrows. This is what we call why. You wake up on Sunday morning. I will still come to church. The arrow is there. Well, God. You don't want to sit down at all and say, oh, oh, please, people, I cannot come to church today because I receive arrow. <laughs> I don't know how I hit you there. So greatness have a price. My prayer for us this evening is that whatever is required of us, whatever is required of us, whatever step that God wants us to take, wherever God wants us to go, that we activate our greatness. May our eyes not be blind towards them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was a woman, she, has, she had a small shop, a, small, a very small provision shop. And she, don't, she can never make up to five cities a day. Then somebody came and bought something from her. And the person left the change. The person forgot his change in her hand. And this woman kept the change for like two weeks until he saw the man passing again. And when the man was passing, he called, oh, sir, 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 he stopped the man's car. Sir, sorry, the other time that you came and bought milk, you left your change with me. And the man got down from the car, walked to the shop. The woman is using table to sell provision. Table. The man walked into the car, I mean, walk into the shop, and look at everything that the woman is selling. Everything that she's selling is not up to 100 cities. And this woman returned the change that the man forgot. And that was how God began a breakthrough. See, sometimes a little honesty will provoke the blessing of God. You see, the man look at her and say, Madam, this is your business. How much do you make in a day? I say, oh, master, in a day, dear, you see, we are just doing this thing so that people will not say we are lazy. There's nothing much inside. And the man was like, so, hey, you return my change. And the Holy Spirit grabbed that portion and said, ah, Madam, I have to help you. How much do you need for this shop to be filled? And that was a greatness. That was how the man gave him money, stocked the shop, 
as if it's a son. And that was how her greatness came. Now, what would you what, what would the woman the woman would have been remained in poverty? She would have remained in poverty if she became greedy and said, Oh, look at this Mugu man. He forgot his change with me. Ah, God, I thank you. And he chopped the change. He would, the man will not come back. Because the man has forgotten. But he will remain in poverty. Are you, are you getting it? But a little price that she paid is letting that small change go. And God rewarded him. Amen. There were people that married. She married a poor man. She knows that this man is poor. She doesn't have, he doesn't have future based on human reasoning. But he went ahead and married him. And God changed the story of the man. Who is going to enjoy? This is a woman. Huh? But today's guests are not ready to pay that price. If you don't have uh, Benz, or you don't have uh, BMW, or you don't have uh, apartments in some place, in uh, some estates, they will not mind you. You say, oh, that man, that man, he's, he always carry pulley bags. Always carry landlord bags, buying cocoa everywhere. <laughs> Who is going to marry you and you'll be giving me cocoa? <laughs> but they don't know that. They don't know that most great men today, they, they started by drinking cocoa. Hallelujah. Most rich men today, some of them see park at the roadside in Madina to buy watches. Because that's how they started. Nobody started great. We all start small. And there is always a price that we are supposed to pay. Be as a servant of God, as a prayer warrior, your own price that you are going to pray, pay may be prayer. Hallelujah. Your own price that you are going to pay may be to let go of something that you love so much. Your own price that you are going to, to pay may be for you to fast. Fast. God said you should fast. It's not easy. So you go and fast. You know, the day you are fasting, the day you say you are going to fast, you wake up very early, 4 a.m., your stomach is already making noise. You are hungry. But you say, no, no, whether I'm hungry or not, I'm moving forward. So there is always, there is always a sacrifice. That sacrifice may be your time. It may be your commitment. It may be something that you love in your life. It may be some habits that God have to take away from, that you have to drop before your greatness will come. Amen. Amen. And they came to him and awoke him and said, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and desist, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they being afraid one that saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commanded even the wind and water, and they obey him. Because Jesus knew who he was. He knew himself. He knows that he has the authority. He knows that he has he has the power. When we are confronted by life challenges as God's children, which side do you lean to? Where do we lean to? Do we lean to the side of faith? Or we lean to the side of fear. Oh, the doctor said, I have six months to live. That's what the doctor said. But what are you saying to yourself? What is the word of God saying to you? Oh, they say this kind of business I'm doing cannot do well. 
That is what they say. But you, what did you say to yourself? When disappointment comes, we are so quick to lean to the side of sorrow. That's when our faith will go down. Then our music will change. Our song will change. Father, why are you treating me like this? Oh God, I feel like giving up. Oh God, I feel like, oh, oh, oh. why? We have some song like that. When you sing it, your tear will come more. You sing that song and you cry more. Hallelujah. But what is expected of us is to lean to the side of authority. Because the challenges that comes along our way are prices that we need to pay for our greatness. The challenges that comes our way are steps to glory, are steps to the promises that God gave to us. So we should always learn to lean to the side of strength. So when the storm came, Jesus did not continue to sleep. Jesus did not even say, okay, Father, upon all my dedication to you, so I will be here and you allow this storm to be disturbing my sleep like this. Father God, Daddy, why are you treating me like this? No, Jesus did not do that. Jesus rose up and rebuked the wind. He spoke to the wind. Say, you wind, I don't have your time. Get out of my way. And the Bible says, and the wind obeyed him. But when we lean to the side of sorrow, the devil will give us analysis of things that are not there. The devil will tell you the shadow that you see in your room is the witches in your village that have come to visit you. The devil will tell you that, okay, that biz- your business has collapsed. It's because... Is because God did not want to bless you. Amen. I know people that they were praying to God for breakthrough and the breakthrough did not come and they got angry with God and said, Oh, Pastor, I don't want to go to church again. God has not been nice to me. Who are you deceiving? Amen. Because working with God is not about what we get from Him. Working with God is not about what He's going to give to us. Working with God is about our devotion, our commitment, our, our, our worship. The Bible says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We are supposed to hallow him. We are supposed to worship him. And worshiping God does not mean that we must base our relationship with him on, on, the, on the basis of give and take. Christianity is not on the basis of give and take. Christianity is about giving. Giving your total love to God. Giving your total attention to God. Giving your total resources to God. Without expecting anything. Amen. Then you allow God to, to, to be God in your life. He alone decides if he's going to reward you for what you have done or not. I pray that God will help us in Jesus' name. I know when we look at the life of Christ... His dedication, his commitment, and everything that he did for the service that God has called him to, that is why there is only one reward that God gave him. Amen. And that reward, God gave him a name that is above all names. God told him, listen, anywhere the name of Jesus is mentioned, even heaven, earth, and below must bow. That is why today we can cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Have you asked yourself, what if Jesus did not go to cross? Which name are we going to use? To rebuke all those stubborn spirits. We just pray in God's name. Come out. The devil that was rebellious to God. I said, oh, me too. I know God. Get out. I will not go. <laughs> Amen. But because Jesus went ahead, fulfilled 
is part of the bargain is devotion. In fact, there was no record, there was no record that Jesus was aware of the reward he was going to get for dying for humanity. Jesus did it for the sake of the love that he has for humanity. He did it solely for restoration. He did not do it for the reward. He did it solely to bridge the gap between man and God. And because of that, God rewarded him. So until our relationship with God gets to that level where we are serving God, not because we are expecting him to do something for us before we get the reward. In fact, you will get more than what you bargained for. Amen. That is why David became king. David did not become king, become the king of Israel because he was a perfect person. David was the worst of the sinners in the whole world. He was an adulterer. He was a killer. Amen. David can see your wife and grab her. And there's nothing you can do. He will plot against you and kill you. That is the kind of person David is. But God saw his heart. His heart was a heart of devotion. He was committed to protecting his sheep. And that alone uh, draw the attention of God towards him. So until our relationship with God, our prayer life becomes a sacrificial life, the greatness we desire, we cannot get. Until you begin to give to God, because you are doing it as a service to God, not as a favor to the pastor. Some give to church because they want to help the pastor. You will get your blessing for helping the pastor. But that blessing you're supposed to get for having a life of devotion to God, you will not get it. Are you getting me? That is why somebody will, somebody will be giving, will be paying, will be committed to God, will be coming to church every day, they will be praying and God will not mind them. They can be in, a, in church for one year, trusting God for the fruit of their womb, sweeping the church, doing everything, cleaning everywhere. God will check their heart. This woman is doing all this because he wants a child. I will not mind you. Amen. And six years, they are still there doing the same thing. And they ask, they are doing it. They'll be praying, God, you see me, I'm doing this, you know. You are not even minding me small. Even if it's for me to get pregnant in the morning and the pregnancy will fall in the evening, please give me some. God will not say, well, shut up there. I will not mind you. <laughs> Amen. Because the motive is wrong. Now, until we now begin to see our living, our, 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 our service, our relationship with God, you're coming to church, you're being available for the work of God as a devotion before you are close to greatness. Amen. If whatever service you are doing to God, whatever you are doing to God, and you think that you are doing God a favor, you are doing somebody a favor, you cannot, you cannot make it. It's, it's, it's like that. Because in the Bible, there's those who made it with God, those who made it to the top, are the people who, who, who sold out their life for God. May God help us in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Am I making sense this evening? I'm going to round up here. But my prayer is that 
the Holy Spirit will give us deeper understanding 